0: It's time to get your copyright.
1: You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits.
0: Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing experts to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month, rather than a marketing method, we're all about customer experience, a huge trend that is something you're going to have to pay ever more attention to as we get into 2023, because it's now becoming the make or break between an average performing business and a brilliantly performing business is how well you deliver a great customer experience. So In this month, we've been looking at it from from a number of eclectic angles, including delivery, Communications, so email and SMS. And for the next two episodes, we're going into your website, but not from a super techie perspective. In this episode, we're tackling how you bring your brands to life online. Yes, we are looking at story, emotion, and most importantly, the copy you put in place and where you should put it. And in the next episode, we'll be looking at product pages. But like I said, in today's episode, we are looking at different buyer types. We're looking at how to understand what you should be putting into your copy, where the most important places are to put that on your website, and then we'll do a little bit on traffic driving and marketing too. Do make sure you listen right to the end of the episode because at the end of the interview, my guest is going to be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of your business, including a really, really handy free resource that you can get your hands on. And then I will be sharing my take on it all too, plus outlining some more free ways we can help you to improve your customer experience even more. So stay tuned to the end. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the email and SMS platform built just for e commerce brands. If you're marketing an e commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with customer experience expert, Alice Brown. Alice is chief fish tickler at Alice Writes Copy. Yes, she's a copywriter specializing in balancing the rational with the emotional to fix the holes in your customer journey. And she's a nominee for this year's Entrepreneur of the Year in the Women's Awards. Hello, Alice. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm good. It's awesome to have you on the show. Um, so much I could ask you about just from that intro alone, but I've got to go with Chief Fish Tickler. How did you get that t- job title?
1: Have you ever seen those videos on like National Geographic where there's people standing in the river and they've got their hand in a massive hole on the side of river and they're just trying to coax out that little fish? Well, Mm -hmm. my idea is that with copywriting, because that's my thing, I want to be coaxing out the customers from all of these brands that I work with, just kind of intriguing them, just getting them to move that a little bit further so you can hook and reel them in to eventually become a paying customer of yours.
0: Nice. I love that analogy. You're going to correct me if I'm wrong, because you're a copywriter, but analogy? Yeah,
1: you're you're at your spawn.
0: Loving that. That's totally what, what good copy does, isn't it? It just tickles you over the conversion line.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was playing around with various little mermaid ideas, but fish tickler stuck
0: in the end. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay. How did you get to become a fish tickler?
1: Um, So still water-related, I was a surf coach for 15 years, and I worked in various ski companies. And alongside the actual coaching, I did a lot of the admin and the customer service as well. So I also drove guests to lessons. Alongside that, I saw that in a lot of these companies I was working for, no one was proactively or strategically doing any marketing. It was very, you know, oh, we've got five minutes. Let's just post something up quickly. So in my spare hours at these jobs, I would learn about marketing, the theory of selling, and actually having that in-depth, in-person experience with the customers. I understood every single step that they went through from finding us online, making that first point of contact, the questions, hesitations they had via email, the worries they'd had during a ski lesson or a surf lesson, the the style of teaching that they responded to, how they spoke to their friends and family afterwards. Even meeting them the following year when they came back for a second trip, um, and how that experience changed. So, combining all of that in all my spare time with these jobs, um, I used, I started to listen. I started to note down that narrative of that that journey that they go through, that entire experience, to make little tweaks on the web on the website, or you know, do a little Instagram series about it. Ended up, particularly for this one ski school, doing a total overhaul of their website and the messages that were on their website. And then eventually saw over two seasons, we had an increase in average click-through rate from Google go up by 6% for their top keywords. Um, Then we saw, well, the demand for ski instructors went up, even though it was a super busy resort. We saw demand go up. And then the following season, the average revenue taken per instructor had gone up 160. Wow. percent So I thought, oh well, I quite like this job. Um, <laughs> I get to be I get to be part of this amazing industry which I'm super passionate about. I've seen that lifestyle of a customer from start to finish, as I said, and I then realised that that's something that product based businesses can learn from too. You know, seeing their product as part of an experience rather than just selling an inanimate, tangible object, um, which for both service and product based businesses. Leads to more impactful marketing. Your copywriting becomes more effective. You got to start to see more engagement. So yeah, eventually realized the combination all of that. I could help other people connect more emotionally with their customers, settle their hesitations, colony worries, move them to that point of trust where they're ready to engage with a brand, whatever kind of um, engagement or conversion they were working towards. Um, and so yeah, I got to do got to work with all the credible brands, which I still get to do, but um, yeah, help them share that with more people.
0: That's brilliant. So you kind of organically accidentally learnt the key thing that so many businesses struggle with. Because, you know, I feel like I've been talking about the need to bring emotion into your marketing since pre-pandemic. And then we know the pandemic increased consumers' desire for connection and then we get to this kind of post-pandemic world where costs are going up, competition's up, the algorithms are failing us, and all of a sudden, as brands and as marketers, we've got to up our creative game and everyone's got a little bit video and, and imagery focused, and the copy is just so important too. Is this, this something which you're seeing is that the separating the average performing brands from the brilliant performing brands is great content, great copy, great storytelling? Bringing the right emotions into what they're they're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's having that balance between rational and emotional. That yes, you've got buyers who are going to make a split decision on something just from reading, say, a headline or a couple of headlines and knowing very little about it. You know, regardless of who your buyer personas are, there's always that. You know, twenty five. Let's just average it out. Twenty five percent that are those spontaneous buyers and competitive buyers who make a split decision, but actually. You have the emotional buyers, the ones that need to see that human level. The ones who are a bit more more methodical in their decision making process. That I think, especially if you have say like low cost products, you just assume that everyone's going to be making a quick decision, and you forget about that that story behind the buyer. Why are they buying? What's that thought process that's going to drive them to make that decision? What do they need to learn to be able to trust in you? and it goes for marketing on your website as well as other platforms is understanding that there are people who need more than just you know features features and benefits in in order to buy something and make that decision.
0: Yeah it's one of those interesting ones isn't it how I believe I'm someone who makes rational decisions. Now, the neuroscientists will tell us none of us make rational decisions. We will make <laughs> gut decisions. So I'll admit I'm probably one of those people who makes the gut decision and then has to find the logic and the facts to back it up. But but as a as buyers, there are buyers who will go, that looks awesome. That fits, I love that. I'm just gonna buy it. The people who go, Is it 10 by 6? Yes, then I'm in. And there's others who who get sold on the story and it takes that bit longer. And it's it's quite challenging bringing all of that together, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, once you've got those buyer personas, I've I've having listened to quite a few of your podcasts already. It's really reassuring to hear people talking about talking to actual real humans about their experience rather than you know the idea of creating those personas in a boardroom. I think that the, the danger of creating that persona in a boardroom is that you think that they're either rational or emotional when in actual fact, your your customers cover both of those things.
0: Yeah, it, it is. I get really frustrated when people are like, they're trying to tie the persona down to an age range and a mosaic profile or, you know, an income bracket. And you're like, no, it's about the why. <laughs> it's not about, you know, the fact that they've got three kids. It's about the other side of it. And the only way of learning it is going to the customers and talking to them. Is that... You know, if you're going, right, how do we improve the customer experience on this website? How do we bring our story and how do we bring the emotions in? How do we do more than just features and benefits? Would you recommend starting by talking to the customers? Is that a non-skippable step?
1: Yes, I, w- I would say so. And, you know, there there are certain brands who, if you're starting from scratch, there's only so much of you that, that you can do because you don't have those customers. And even, you know, some, I work with some really small brands that they might only have like five or 10 customers on the books, but it's looking at all of those inquiry forms that you got through. It could be support tickets if you're product-based. It could be testimonials and feedback. It could be um, you know, any other conversation that you've had on LinkedIn and DMs or whatever, starting at that point to understand the problems that they're overcoming. Alternatives are they looking at? Alternatives to your product. Maybe they really like something about one of the alternatives, and kind of mapping out that decision-making process. That you can then track that decision-making process through your marketing. Specifically, I would use it on you know key pages on your website to follow that discussion. So you're actually mirroring that conversation that someone is having in their head. So so you're getting that emotional connection. You're actually getting real, even like verbatim language from your customers that you can use in your copy to get them to you know stop stop and listen and think oh right they're literally in my head this is worth paying attention to and then just building on that building on that but yeah I'd say definitely it starts with those conversations and if you don't have a huge number of people to talk to you know looking at similar similar businesses to yours yes you may have like differentiators from them, but it's it's definitely a starting point until you do have that customer base of people to talk to.
0: So we're definitely going to start off with the, that research. You've given us a whole load of awesome ways to go about doing that. Once you've done that, would you start by tweaking the website or start by tweaking the marketing communications?
1: Oh, well, I would say start with the website because yes, you've got lots of people coming in from different places to your website. And essentially your website is that point where it's the final decision. That's the the moment of highest tension where they're sitting there and the pay now button is right in front of them. Yes, you could, you know, change your SEO strategy and your content marketing or your Instagram stories or what you're posting on someone else's blog. You could have your strategy absolutely nailed. But when someone comes to your website Yes, there's going to be disconnect because you're talking about two different messages, but you just don't have your website set up to, to get to that, you know, high level of tension where it's either a yes, I'm going to pay you or no, I'm not. Maybe it's in fact, not even a payment. It might be an email sign up or an event or webinar link that your investment in inverted commerce is giving, handing over your email address and your time and energy. So say if, if I am doing say any work with with clients where there's email integrated or there's seo integrated into it you know if your website isn't doing exactly what it needs to do and hitting those emotions head on you know all that energy is wasted so i'd say start with a website and then work outwards because then you at least know once they're on your website they're going in the right direction
0: now, obviously, we want the whole website eventually to be on message. But which pages for the, for the typical e commerce brand? Which pages would you focus on first before going off to do some marketing? Before coming back to do some more pages, where do we where, where are the most important places for us to get this messaging right on the website?
1: First of all, I would stay, say look at your sales page, your services page, or again, whatever page that is where someone's handing over an email address, money some kind of other thing that's very important to them um, and working your right way outwards because if you can track that emotional thought process and decision-making process on your sales page and have that nailed and it's it's relative to the offer that you have, that very specific offer that you have, everything's pointing towards that email list description of what they're going to get in every week in their inbox or the product that you're trying to solve X, Y and Z problems with. If you're starting there, it's then so much easier to then, as I said before, work your way outwards. So sales page for sure, homepage, you know, that's where at least 50% of your customers are going to be landing first. Um, And there was a stat that I saw the other day from a 2020 study, it said 52% of your site visitors look at your about page on their first visit to you. Um, So I'd say those with, if you're going to do anything, those are your three key your three key pages to make sure that that, that messaging that message messaging is in line.
0: I love that because that's you know we get the sales pages, be it the product page, bits in the checkout, and you know an email sign up page. We get those right. We get the homepage right. We get the about us page right. And it sounds like then we've covered at least fifty percent of the journeys of people through the website we've done the the we've made a huge difference to what's happening and they're not going to they're not going to drop into our old world of copy at any point through that so they get that consistency what does for you, what does a great about us page look like? I'm gonna drill into this one because the audience probably already know I'm a bit of a fan of a good about us page and I, I die a little every time I come across an e-commerce about us page that just has the address on it. Um you guys can't see my face, but I'm getting angry face <laughs> right now, I'm going, Don't stop it, everybody. Um what what should be on a good e commerce about us page? Other than the address. (laughs) Other than the address.
1: Actually, I have to say I haven't come across one, which is just the address in a while. But what I do come across a lot is we were a company created in this year. And this is where we have all of our products in shops. And these are an introduction to all of our staff and all of that. Okay, maybe it's integral to how you work as a business, but why does your customer care? And By starting doing that messaging and mining into all of those conversations, you know what matters to your customers. So in fact, starting the conversation of your about page with what they care about, why they're going to build, well, why they're going to feel like they trust you is so much more valuable than just having a huge list of credentials. I'd say any single sentence word that you have on that about page, ask yourself, why does my customer care about this because yes you may have got this incredible you know doctorate and master's degree and awards from xy and z but does that help build trust with your customers when it comes to your to selling essentially what they're on your website to get something for themselves they're not on your website to congratulate you or be really interested in like the 10 years of experience you've had In something unrelated to what you're doing so ask yourself like anything you're writing on that page why does my customer care what value are they going to get out of this and so those key elements really need to be some kind of as we said like before some kind of narrative that moves them through that decision making process whether that's an experience you've had or not it actually doesn't matter whether it's, a, it's an, whether it's a story of uh, one of your very first clients that had the same experience to your customers, that's absolutely fine. You may not have had an Oscar award winning notable story that got you to where you are, but that doesn't matter. You just bring in that story that relates to your customers and they can think, OK, well, I, I can see myself in this because of this specific problem that I'm faced with right now, which is exactly why I'm on your website and following that story. Yes. You can bring in, you know, testimonials and awards that, you know, are that vote of confidence to that specific problem. But, but it's, you know, as we've already seen, it's so easy to go off on a tangent and just tell everyone the story of your brand and that you love coffee and, uh, you have loads of succulents in your house and a dog and your an admin assistant is called Deirdre. Like no one, no <laughs> one cares.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially if you're selling, I don't know, light fittings or something. It's like this has nothing to do with it. She says, looking around the office, hastily trying to find an example because her mind's gone blank. Um, so about us, page, we go deep, but always remembering why would the customer care about us telling this? What is the job of this sentence, this word, this paragraph? On the homepage, how deep do we go? Is it about a couple of good headlines and a paragraph of text? Because obviously we're not going to go as deep as we do on the About Us page. Is it about putting the right products there? What do you find works on an e-commerce homepage?
1: The difficulty in an e-commerce homepage or any homepage for that matter is that you have no idea who's going there. They could be incredibly qualified leads who know everything about your business and actually they're just there to buy something. It could be someone who's landed there by accident. You may actually be a good a good fit for what they are, um, a good fit for what they need, but they don't know you yet. They don't trust you yet. So it's always very difficult. To create a homepage, I'm not going to lie, because you don't know who you're talking to. Um, so, what I would say as a starting point for your homepage is, what's the natural next step you want someone to take on that page? Do you have like one specific offer that you can have? So, if you're, say, like you know, do you want someone on your email list? The other approach is seeing is it kind of a tasting menu for everything else on your website, but always have in mind. What's the next step I want someone to take? And again, this is you know this is uh, what you can bear in mind when you're creating any of those pages. What's that next step that's naturally going to take someone a step closer to that conversion, whatever type of conversion that is for you? What can I inform them of that's going to help them get to that next point of the decision making process? If we go back specifically to the home page, that could be one of many one of many different routes, but if you're, you know, you have those clear banners, every single one may have a different call to action, but make sure that people can self identify with where they are in that in that buyer's journey. Someone who's landing on your, your page for the very first time, okay, they might not head straight to your shop. They might want to see what, who will actually, what you represent as a brand, if they are those, you know, more emotional, logical buyers, They're not the spontaneous ones. They're not going to self-identify with, you know, your, you know, the banner on your top sellers, but they'll keep scrolling and make sure there is somewhere on that page that they can self-identify with to be like, okay, well, I'm trying to solve this problem. What can I, what, as you, you as a company, what can you do to just help them get over the edge to Just start to build that trust. Just start that conversation in their head. Just start to replicate that conversation they're having with themselves of, I have a problem to solve. How am I going to be able to do it? And making sure that those different clear sections on your homepage, they're not distracting from each other. You know, they all have their own space to breathe. And yeah, your whatever section it is on your homepage, there's that clear natural next step from that, you know, from that different person at a different stage of awareness through to that next space that next page on your website
0: that makes sense and and I'm guessing we we're going to use the right copy on that so we're not going to say training blog we're going to say how to make matcha tea so we're putting it more into the, the the issues that the customer would have rather than what we might call it internally. So um, uh, yeah, nice. Now, I mentioned, I asked you earlier, would we start with the website or the marketing? We've got a little bit of time to flip the coin onto the marketing side of things. I would assume the best places to, to be building this in would be our ads and our email comms, so like our welcome campaign sequence or our post-purchase activity, where would you start improving the copy and the messaging in the marketing of a of the average e-commerce brand?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think starting at your website and working your way outwards, what is the next thing that drives people directly to your website? With your Facebook ads, obviously it's going to go to a specific landing page or something. Uh, with your email, likelihood is they've actually already gone to your website. And so, you know that they're interested. You know, you're always going to get a better a better return of investment on marketing to people who've already gone to a website and said, yes, I am interested, but I'm not ready to give you money yet. And when it comes to copywriting, making sure that the message that you're communicating on those platforms, if it is, is specifically Facebook ads and email marketing, there's something familiar about what they're seeing on those ads or those emails. When they land on your website, that's it's that affirmation of I know I'm in the right place rather than is this link broken? Did they send me to the wrong page? Because there's a slightly different message. So by actually repeating words, phrases, button copy from ads, from emails, in fact, any other marketing that you have, thinking how 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 are people getting to my website? What message did they read before they went there? And you're going to see a lot more people infuse to keep going through that second platform wherever you're sending someone to because they know they're in the right place. You've got that easy flow that's not interrupted that's through your different marketing channels getting closer and closer to that moment of highest tension which is usually on your sales page. So that's a really good technique to help encourage a you know that extra flow and not get interrupt that flow of people moving through towards that endpoint. I would see it like a a sieve, and if you've got you obviously the sieve's bigger at the top and it's smaller at the bottom, but there's tons of holes in it. The more of those holes that we can fill up, the more people you're getting out the bottom of the funnel. One of those holes is always message matching. What someone reads when they go to your website. Do they know they're exactly the right place? They're affirmed and that's yeah just going to encourage them to keep that fluid movement through towards that end point
0: Love that. So everyone be strategic about which of your marketing you improve first and keep the consistency. That's coming through loud and clear. Well, thank you for all of that, Alice. Um, it's been a pleasure picking your brains about all those great copywriting tips. Listeners, please remember to stay tuned right to the very end of the episode so you don't miss out on Alice's insider tips on all of this and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power, and if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online Online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K L A V I Y O.com slash masterplan. Okay, Alice, so far we've gone deep into copywriting and storytelling and how to improve all of that great customer experience. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of customer experience. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything at all to do with customer experience, which of course includes everything we've already been talking about. Alice, are you ready for these? Yep, go for it. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success?
1: So I think going through all of those different points of contact with your customers, whatever platform it's on, even if it's like super casual and trying to collect all of that, all of those conversations into one place. And what I find often useful going through with clients is If you print it out, get different colored highlighter pens, or if you're on Google Docs, go with different highlighters. And you want to be highlighting hesitations and objections that they have about choosing you, what all the alternatives to choosing you are, what they were doing before they found you, before they considered you to switch. And using those as your key messages through your website, you can also use it in your other marketing platforms as well. But it really gets into that headspace that's of the decision-making process that's how you can start to build in more emotional copy by literally reflecting back to them what they've exactly said to you it's not about imagining it up and as we said having a you know three dogs and seven children and a subscription to <laughs> us weekly you know um get it getting in having those real life conversations looking at you know whether it's transcripts or all the email scripts that you have, having a look at that information. I like to use the the uh, analogy of having a vacuum cleaner. You know, you could sell your vacuum cleaner because you, you and your board have decided that the reason your vacuum cleaner is the best in the world is because it compacts into a really tiny space and it's got a really good long life when you charge up. But actually, you have a conversation with your customers and 70% of them said it sucks up dog hair really well, you know. You could have been spending all of that energy on marketing with a message that doesn't resonate. What's the impact of having that dog hair off the uh, off the carpet, getting into the emotional implication of that? And, and that's a really good starting point for any of your website copy.
0: I love that. And I love that tip with the highlighters and segmenting the different points they, the customer's getting at. Love that. Okay. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimising. So what's your favourite way to improve performance?
1: One thing that comes up again and again when I am going through website audits and we're doing, you know, quite a high-level improvement of, you know, the, the key messages on the website. Maybe we don't even have that information from customers, or you know, I don't have time to go through it, etc. Is actually looking at people's headlines on the website. Um, that often seems to be the thing that we focus on most. So, on any page of your website. Scroll through it and copy and paste just the headlines that you have into a Google Doc or write them down. Then you know go take a tea break, come back, read all of those headlines, and if that doesn't communicate something really powerful, impactful, it doesn't speak to your customers, it doesn't say anything about why you're different from the, from your competitors, then maybe your headlines is the next place to look at to drive people through your website. Previously, we said there are four different types of buyers and some of them are spontaneous, they only probably read headlines when they're skimming through very quickly, but there are people who read more and the role of a headline is to get people to keep scrolling. So what I often find is those navigational headlines like about us or our products, or I don't know, contact us here. If you just read them as headlines, they say nothing about what you do. So how can you use, you know, read whatever the content is underneath and you can either, you know, pull out something quite intriguing and just a small element of that that makes someone want to keep reading and unpick it. It could be a problem-based headline and you solve the problem underneath in the the copy underneath. It could be a solution-based headline where you highlight the desirable experience that your future customers are searching for. And yeah, you just want to make sure that you're getting that emotional response in those first few seconds. Someone scrolling through that page, any page of your website, because you just want to make sure that yeah, you're getting you're getting there. You're getting you're wanting them to invest in you. And by boring them with with boring headlines, it does make you look a little bit like everyone else. So that is one way. One you can stand out, and two you can make very quick but effective. Um, Changes to any of your website pages.
0: I love it. Right, everybody, run off after you finish listening to this episode and check your headlines. Now, um, Alice, if someone listening wants to learn more about all we've been talking about, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend?
1: Yeah, so I have a little PDF called the Website Builders Blueprint. Uh, Essentially, it is the key information that you need to know about your audience before writing any page in order to connect with them emotionally, because at the end of the day, your goal is to try and turn a website visitor to a lead, to a customer. So these are kind of prompts that will help you create that copy. Now, if you already have a website, you could just use it as a website audit checklist. So you can make sure you have the content that you need to hook and reel in new customers. Um, So you can find that at, it's my website, which is alicerightscopy.com slash Chloe.
0: Excellent. alicerightscopy.com slash Chloe, which is C-H-L-O-E, to get your hands on the Website Builders Blueprint PDF. Awesome. That sounds brilliant. Thank you, Alice. Uh, Finally, crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Well,
1: as we are, at least in the UK, we've had a bit of a um, confusion with the government and energy prices. It's a bit of a headache, I'm not going to lie. So, you know, energy prices are going up. Sadly, I'm seeing lots of brick and mortar businesses closed down or people are just moving out of brick and mortar and they're solely going online. And also because, well, that's one that's going to mean that we have more competition online. Two, it means that at least in the UK, we are, as a population, very likely to become more hesitant buyers Um, with all of this uncertainty. We're not going to be dropping a large amount of money on spontaneous decisions because there's a lot of things we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So like everything we've been talking about today, really, making sure that you're not keeping things brief and it's very high level features and benefits focused but you're going and hitting the emotional buyers the humanistic buyers who who need to understand about you and the impact of what you're doing but also feel like you really get them and that they're investing in something that's going to be the right decision and you know it's not going to lose the money so I think you know trying to stay ahead of that curve it's something I'm I'm quite positive is going to be a shift in you know buying behaviors of of people in the UK. So yeah, trying to speak to those more methodical buyers by getting into the headspace and thinking about that decision making process and reflecting that back at them.
0: I love that. So guys, what we're saying here is to deal with all this uncertainty, you've got to do your marketing better. And the good news is Alice has just given you a very clear run through of how to go about doing that. Um, Alice, we are very nearly an, at the end of your sh- end of the show, she says, failing to read her own script. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business?
1: Yeah. So my website is com, And you can find me on LinkedIn If you just type in Alice writes copy, sometimes Alice Brown writes copy is better because there are about a thousand Alice Browns in the world. That's usually where I hang out on LinkedIn.
0: Excellent. It's where we met as well. Yeah. Um, So uh, so I can guarantee Alice does hang out on LinkedIn. Um, Alice, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you about how we can up our customer experience game using great copywriting skills. Um, So thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Chloe. So, yet again, to get those customer experience activity right when it comes to the creative side of things, you've got to get to grips with what your customer wants from you. And that means getting to understand them more. And I love that blueprint, the, the freebie that Alice shared, the website builder blueprint That's really going to help you get to grips with that. We had another episode on a similar topic back when we did our last Facebook ad series. So scroll back up your episode list to find the Facebook ones and you'll find one that's all about empathy. Uh, You can also find that via keepopt.com forward slash Facebook. And you can get links to everything we discussed in this episode, the full transcript, our notes and more at keepoptimizing.com or use our special direct episode links. So keepopt.com forward slash whatever the number of this episode is. Once you get to the website, make sure you add yourself to our email list because then I can send you loads of great other things to help you improve your business. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. This is part of our Customer Experience Month. So do check out the rest of our customer experience episodes. They are very close to this one. In fact, next to this one in the episode feed you're probably looking at right now or you can find them on the website at keepopt.com forward slash CX. Please also tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing.
1: Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com.
0: That's with an S, not a Z.